You're listening to the West End Frame Show. Welcome to the West End Frame Show. I am once again your lonely host and West End Frame editor, Andrew Tomlins. I seem to be a little bit cursed at the moment after a couple of months of everything going swimmingly and perfectly, all going to plan. Um, circumstances beyond anyone's control have taken over the West End Frame land recently. And today I am on my own because our scheduled co-host actually broke a bone and is uh, having surgery today, which is far more important than doing a staging podcast. But it will happen too last minute for me to be able to get someone else. I've been working away. Blah, 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 blah. I'm here on my own, flying solo. At least I'm flying free. And I actually had some really lovely comments last week from people who said they enjoyed the episode. So that was hugely appreciated. And here we are, back for round two. And actually, it might be a good thing because there is so much to talk about, so much news, and I've seen all the shows. So let's dive on in. Coming up today, we are going to be discussing The Wizard of Oz, 42 Balloons and Mother Goose, as well as the latest news about Guys and Dolls, Bake Off the Musical, and lots, lots more. So first up, let's discuss some of this week's theatre news. And oh my gosh, everyone were losing their minds this week when we found out casting for the upcoming immersive production of Guys and Dolls, which begins previews at the Bridge Theatre on the 3rd of March. So this is Nick Heitner's revival of the musical. Um, It has an incredible creative team, including Arlene Phillips, who's choreographing the show. And the cast is absolutely insane. So Daniel Mays from Man of Duty, but has worked in theatre and all sorts of things, is going to lead the cast as Nathan Detroit, alongside Andrew Richardson from A Call to Spy as Sky Masterson. Celinda so Schumacher, uh, who's on so many incredible shows, Your Lay Mises, Your Phantoms, Your Light in the Piazzas, um, is going to play Sarah Brown. And then Marisha Wallace, fresh from her run in Oklahoma at the Young Young Vic is set to play Miss Adelaide with Cedric Neal, um, who recently finished his run in Back to the Future and is currently doing 42nd Street in Paris. It's going to play Nicely, Nicely Johnson. Cedric is insane. I, I heard he did an Instagram live with Marisha just when this was announced. And he told her that he is going to be commuting from Paris to do rehearsals for Guys and Dolls during the day, then commute back to Paris to then go and do his show, which is absolutely insane. I don't know if anyone's ever done that before, and it's blowing my mind. And let's hope and pray that there's no train strikes and that the Eurostar runs, because that is complicated and stressful. But we love to see Cedric working, getting all the jobs. Again, Marisha Wallace. Miss Adelaide is one of those amazing roles. I think the last time I saw Guys and Dolls, it was the tour, and Louise Dearman was giving us her Miss Adelaide, and was just the most characterful, funny... Uh, portrayal. It was so great. Um, there's just so much you can do with it and I think Marisha is going to have an absolute field day and I hope she throws in some crazy belt 
no, that goes on forever somewhere because I can just see it all working so well. So many incredible people are joining them. I am so intrigued to see this production. I've never actually been to the Bridge Theatre, which is potentially a theatrical crime. Um, so I'm sorry. And also, it's just, I'm intrigued to see what the immersive element is is and just how immersive it is and if we're going to get a different perspective on the show is it going to be gritty is it going to be jazz handy i have so many questions um all that we do know is that the show is currently booking through to the 2nd of september which is quite which is quite a decent run so i am very intrigued and looking forward to seeing guys and dolls in the new year other big news also was casting news um about the great british bake-off musical which opens in the west end early next year so the show which is based on the tv series has announced full casting for its West End run. So the show's coming into the Noel Coward Theatre following its run at the Everyman Theatre in Cheltenham earlier this year. So joining the previously revealed cast members, the people who are reprising their roles, and we found out that Hayden Gwynn is going to play Bake Off Judge Pam Lee. Hayden's a theatrical legend. Anything goes. Billy Elliot... Uh, so many incredible things. But most recently, I saw her in the Sondheim uh, celebration gala after he died, uh, which was just, she was incredible. She did Ladies Who Lunch. She's amazing and should never not be in the West End. And I'm so pleased she's doing musicals. So that's fantastic news. Also in the show are Zoe Burkett, who was in this very podcast booth not too long ago during her run in Moulin Rouge, where she was playing Arabia and covering Satine. She's going to play comedy presenter Kim buzzing to see her getting to be more comical on stage, playing some sort of character role. I'm totally here for it. Um, and she's going to star alongside Grace Mowat, who is set to play contestant Izzy, fresh from her run, playing the title role in Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella at the Hope Mill Theatre. Of course, you know her from Lily Blonde, the OG6 cast. What a bunch they have. Incredible. Uh, and they join the previously announced John Owen Jones, Scott Page, Claire Moore, Katrina Sanderson, Charlotte Wakefield, Damien Humley, and lots more amazing people who did the show in Cheltenham. The Great British Bake Off Musical plays a limited 12-week run from the 25th of February through to the 13th of May, and I cannot wait to see it. I hope they're going to do what they do on Waitress and like make the theatre smell nice and have cake for sale, because whenever that show's on, even if like it's on in the background, it just makes me hungry. In some other news, Crazy For You is transferring to the West End following its run in Chichester, opening at the Gillian Lynn Theatre from the 24th of June for a 30-week season, with Charlie Stemp and Carly Anderson set to reprise their roles, which is super exciting. Cannot wait to see that. I need some old-school Broadway magic in my life in the new year. Uh, the Wizard of Oz is transferring to the London Palladium following its run at Leicester Curve, with performances beginning one day earlier than Crazy For You on the 23rd of June. More about The Wizard of Oz shortly because I went to see it at the weekend and oh my gosh, I'm obsessed. Uh, Newsies, which is now in previews, has extended its run through to the 16th of April. 
Come From Away is heading out on a UK and Ireland tour from February 2024. Ooh, that rhymed. Uh, Sondheim's Old Friends concert, which as I mentioned, starring Hayden Gwynn, who was incredible in it, is going to be broadcast on BBC Two this Christmas. I'm so pleased about that because that gala was so special, so magnificent, so many insane names involved. And it was all films because I actually... My memory is that I watched it, but I didn't. I watched the. I was in the Prince Edward Theatre watching the live broadcast of it, which was filmed really well. Um, and I was, I was like, this must be used for something. They have to release, do a cinema release or something. So it's going straight to BBC Two, so we can all watch it over Christmas for free, which is great. So watch out for that. And oh, this is such good news! Musical Con is back in 2023, returning to the XL Centre bigger and better this time in a different hall which I believe has a bigger capacity so I'm sure we can expect more businesses uh, more things going on it's gonna be so cool on the 21st and 22nd of October so clear diaries get it in there and I think tickets are on sale now so if you have that stagey friend and you don't know what to get them for Christmas look no further they have like weekend passes um they've, they've got your back it's gonna be incredible And then we have some Broadway updates to talk about as well, because Broadway has been busy and I'm obsessed with some of this news. So the Britney Spears musical, Once Upon a One More Time, will open on Broadway with performances beginning from the 13th of May next year. I have been following this show's journey. It had its out-of-town tryout, which looked so cool. Um, But I still haven't heard much about it, about these fairy tale characters who have a book club together. Um, with all of Britney's music. It just sounds like everything and I need to see it. So it's going to Broadway. You can see it next year. I'm obsessed. Um, And The Wiz is heading out on a US national tour in 2023 ahead of a rumoured Broadway run in spring 2024. Uh, And then finally, this is really interesting, The Phantom of the Opera has pushed back its Broadway closure, extending by two months to the 16th of April. I knew there was more to come with Phantom. It couldn't just close in February quietly. I thought they were going to announce that uh, maybe the newer production would come in and open on Broadway a year later or something would happen. I know Jesus' moment, but obviously ticket sales are going crazy and it has lots of demands and it's extended for an extra two months. So watch this space. <laughs> Right, let's dive in for some show talk. And I had a very exciting weekend because I went to Leicester to the Curve Theatre to see their revival of The Wizard of Oz. This is like literally a brand new production. It is so fresh, so shiny, so slick, and it blew my mind a little bit because... The Wizard of Oz is cute, I enjoy it. I'd seen this version of it, which is the one that Angela Webber wrote some new music for at the London Palladium a couple of times. Um, and I thought, oh, it'd be nice to, you know, revisit this show and hear the score, etc. But really, the way that Nikolai Foster has directed and put together the show, I-, I enjoyed it so much more than I was expecting to. And I think perhaps the main reason is the 
orchestrations and arrangements that have been put together by George Dyer, who also serves as musical director and musical supervisor. Um, there's so many belting moments, things are stripped back and then they go full out, there's harmonies. Um, Songs like Merry Old Land of Oz, which can be quite cute but robotic sometimes, are just kind of stripped back and well, are kind of played with and they find a nice rhythm for it and you have soloists singing. Um, and then bits in that first number where the munchkins are first introduced are just done so well and, and are so interesting and exciting to watch. And it just completely showed me this score and this music and this show in a whole different way, um, which I absolutely loved. Then you have the set design. Basically, this whole creative team are insane. So set design by Colin Richmond and then projection design by Douglas O'Connell. And the whole thing looks so fresh and so slick. And at first it seemed like maybe it was kind of like a stripped back modern because, for example, the Yellow Brick Road, there's these three bits of set pieces that, or four that, that, that are basically like bits of Yellow Brick Road on wheels. Um, but they're used throughout in such interesting ways to create different heights and different shapes. But there's constantly set pieces coming on and off, things flying in and flying out. Uh, I feel like lots of like LED lighting used on bits of set. Everything's very shiny, very slick. Um, and just has a really consistent style, which is uh, wonderful, which looks great, which is highly effective. And then the projection design is just insane. And I don't like it when theatre tries to be too cinematic and when it's like almost just trying to be a film on stage. I would say there's elements that are cinematic in this show, but that the video design only enhances it and only makes it magical and paves way for some beautiful imagery and some beautiful moments and it's really effective and I really really loved how it came together the costume design was great there was some quirkiness especially when we got to Oz it was so funny when there's definitely some references to other incarnations of the Wizard of Oz and the things and stories it's inspired. Um, but when they got to Oz, it really felt like One Short Day from Wicked was about to play. It was so funny. Um, and there were some costumes like the like the flying monkeys and stuff as well, which was screaming Wicked. It was so funny. It was so interesting to see that kind of fit together. And then you just had this wonderful, wonderful company who did so many amazing things with it. So Georgina Honora stars as Dorothy and it's just perfection. And I think I always forget how early on Somewhere Over the Rainbow comes into the show. It's literally in the first 10 minutes. Um, and to sing your essentially 11 o'clock number so early on is quite a challenge. But she is just perfect it is beautiful there are moments when it's so raw and we get to hear her kind of legit soprano-y sorry voice and then there's other moments of big belt um and pure power and it just builds this wonderful extended final note which just sent shivers down my spine and was absolutely glorious and wonderful and I absolutely loved it. Um, big congrats to Amy Oxley who was on for one of her covers. She was on for Aunt M and was brilliant. Christina Bianco and Charlotte Dacanelli play Glinda the Good and the Wicked Witch of the West and seem to be having an absolute field day. Christina Bianco, they, well both witches kind of like soar across the stage on these like bikes, but they're not bikes, I don't know what the 
oh, I don't know what the proper word is. They're like, they're like big bikes. And Christina brings so much comedy to Glinda, who can be quite a wish-washy kind of role. Um, but she brings some grit to her. It's like... The line of sarcasm is there, but Christina never quite... She kn- she knows where to play it. And then her voice is just stunning and glorious. And Charlotte Giaconelli as the Wicked Witch of the West, very scary and gives us everything we need from that character. If you remember, in this Andrew Lloyd Webber version, the Wicked Witch of the West has a big number in Act 2, uh, which Hannah Waddingham originated when the show was at the Palladium. And Charlotte uses that moment to soar into her soprano range and literally goes hardcore full out soprano full out with feeling and is insane i mean absolutely incredible it's such a standout moment we have johnny paul and giovanni as the scarecrow tim man and lion they're brilliant the whole team the ensemble are used really nicely there's really great moments of style and flair where they get to kind of bring their own thing to it and I thought this was a really great way of seeing them as the Voz. It worked really well. It came together. I was laughing. I was really engaged. And I was getting belting and great orchestrations and great music. Um, just sounding so brilliant. And I loved it. And I was surprised. I just didn't expect to enjoy it so much uh, on that kind of personal note. So if you want to see The Wizard of Oz, it is at Leicester Curve through to Sunday, the 8th of January. But then it comes to the London Palladium, as I said in the news section, for a summer season from the 23rd of June. And I'm so excited to go and check it out and see it again when it's in London. The next show that I went to see this week uh, is 42 Balloons. So this is a brand new show written by Jack Godfrey um, and it's been developed by Perfect Pitch over a number of years and here it was getting its first full outing for audiences um, in this concert stage production. The show is set in the summer of 1982 and it's about Larry Walters, a truck driver, who basically flies 16,000 feet above Los Angeles using a lawn chair and 42 helium-filled weather balloons. It's early days of 42 Balloons, so I don't want to go into it too much, um, but the story is really interesting. It basically, it's all true, and it follows the build-up to the event and then the aftermath of the event. Um, and presenting the show in the West End, we had the most wonderful, insane cast of West End talent. Evelyn Hoskins, who's just finished playing Dawn in the Waitress Tour, was a total revelation. Like I've seen Evie play some incredible roles over the years, but it was just so great to see her having this leading lady moment belting for days giving us everything and more I was totally obsessed and you had Melissa Jakes, Lemanuel Knights and Charlie who was in the central role was just incredible and did such a great job and had an amazing voice all the music was 80s inspired I love the style of it and I think it certainly has potential to have future life. So, Forty Balloons has completed its run, but watch this space, and hopefully we'll see more of it very, very soon. The final show that I went to see this week is Mother Goose, which is at the Hackney Empire, this panto, marking 120 years of iconic pantomimes um, at the end of their 120th birthday year. And it 
it's lovely because the show pays homage to that landmark in the second act, which is lovely. I love the Hackney Empire panto. It was my first panto of the season. I felt very festive. I had my first mince pie of the year in the interval. And it's just great. It's like an authentic, genuinely funny panto, which has, you know, decent budget and lovely costumes and everything you want, but there's just something about it that feels kind of authentic. It's not overly commercial. It's also perfect for Hackney because you get wonderful representation. You you get to see so many different people represented on stage, and that is so meaningful to audiences, young audiences um, from all different backgrounds, of all different ethnicities, who might be going to theatre for their first time. And we want them to be able to see themselves on stage. Um, so that's super, super important. But Clive Rowe leads this cast. He's also the co-director and has a total field day. This was my first ever time seeing Mother Goose as a pantomime. I hadn't. It was quite funny because normally when you watch a pantomime, you know the story, you've seen it done 105 times. But I actually didn't know where it was going and I didn't know anything about the story. And to be honest, I don't know if I can tell you a full detail about the story other than it's about a magical goose who lays eggs and then makes everyone very rich. <laughs> it's all kind of a bit bizarre and random, as you would expect and as you would want. But Clive is incredible. Opie So One Day is incredible. Um, as Jack Goose, all the cast give their all and are brilliant. And there was just some kids who were shouting out and screaming and... It was a lovely way to kick off panto season. And now I'm very much looking forward to going and seeing a few more before the year is out. Um, And there we go. Thank you so much for keeping me company and joining me on this second solo episode in two weeks. Also, can I just say actually a massive thank you. I've got so much love this week from people uh, who've been sharing their Spotify raps. West End Frame Show and In The Frame have been appearing a lots of your Spotify raps for your top podcasts of the year and you've been sharing the love on social media and it has been so appreciated and some lovely messages so a huge huge thank you for the support it means so 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 much um thank you for listening to this episode of the West End Frame Show we're not done for the week we have one more episode coming your way tomorrow a bonus episode with two very special guests um, which is very lovely so you do not want to miss that make sure you subscribe and if you enjoyed today's episode you can leave us an Apple Podcast rating and review or leave us a rating on Spotify. We love hearing from you so follow West End Frame on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Check out our interviews podcast in the frame. This week's guest is a Heather's legend and I'll be back next week for another stagey catch up. <laughs> <laughs>